May I have your attention, please? We are controlling transmission. There is nothing wrong. The horror crime. Whether it's a ghost, spirit, or entity, they all feed on it. That's the whispering, the footsteps, the feeling of another presence. You won't have a chance to change your minds later. Because there'll be no way to get out. We have such sights to show you. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. Nope. What's blood for? If not for shedding. Have you checked the children? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Boogeyman's real. That is better. They're coming to get you. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Horror Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me, as always, my co-host, my cohort, my co-founder. He's a little weird, but like a benign tumor, he'll grow on you. I'm a lot weird. I'm JT. (laughs) What's going on, everybody? And tonight, we got a special guest. Ooh, special. Yeah, she's kind of hot. Don't tell my wife about it. Oh, wait, it is my wife. (laughs) So tonight, my wife, Krista, is on here with us. Say hello, Liz. Hello, everybody. Super excited to finally be on the podcast. I hope everyone's ready to get horror freaky with me. All right, all right. <laughs> well, now you guys can see what I do. Yeah. <laughs> we like freaky. Yeah, you know, that's what this is all about. <laughs> but uh, anyway, tonight, I think we're going to do a um, kind of a uh, part two of our own personal stories and just kind of talk about the paranormal more a little bit. Um, I got some stuff I want to ask JT and my wife, you know, Krista. And uh, we're just going to roll with it, guys. I mean, I, I don't really uh, have any specific plan on it. We're kind of just going to flow with it. You know? I, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Uh, you know, we've all got some stories to tell. And... Yeah, and like um, we told a few on the last episode, so... But we're going to get into some other stuff as far as paranormal goes, too, and some personal stories my wife has, some more stuff that JTS talk about, you know. But uh, first, I want to ask you, you know, uh, what uh, what is your outlook on, like, paranormal? Like, uh, let's talk about, let's say, ghosts. What's your outlook? What do you think a ghost is, so to speak? <clears throat> well, I think there's a couple different types of hauntings, per se. I mean, uh a ghost is energy. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, oh, you're, you're seeing a vision or a playback from the past, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think they call that a residual, residual haunting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you are catching a glimpse of something that happened a long time ago. And for some reason, it has gotten stuck in a loop in a specific place. Like it didn't or, go to the light. Or, yeah, exactly. Or uh, it could even happen to a specific person. Um, okay. I have heard stories where it's not really the place that's haunted, it's the person that's haunted. Yeah. Um, you know, in these uh, these uh, visions, I guess, is what you can say. You're you're getting a glimpse of something tragic that's happened. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I agree with you on the, uh, like, the energy thing. I think that... Um, well, like they say that if someone dies like quickly, instant, instantly, and like it's a horrible death or a painful death or something, the more injury that's there, the more powerful that's going to be. So, like that's why people who usually you know pass on 
from natural causes or something, you know, peacefully in their sleep, they may show up, but it's not like someone who was murdered and yeah. like, you know. Yeah, and then that's kind of weird too, because people that die in their sleep, you don't really hear ghost stories about, oh, I walked in the bedroom and there's some weird dude like Sleeping that. next to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have heard stories about people waking up and there being somebody laying next to them. Yeah. Um, but I've heard some stories where uh, people actually feel the bed move. Like I've you can a, feel the bed sink. I've had that like on somebody my, sat on the edge of the bed. Myself, that's happened to me. I remember one time too. That's actually, creepy. I like I talked about in the last episode. You know, um, that I get feelings and stuff, and I've seen things. But like, um, do I, I need to sing that again? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I. Uh, I think that um, I remember one specific time actually when I was living with my wife was then my girlfriend. I was living with her and her parents. And um, I remember, I don't know what time it was. I was asleep and she would try to sneak into my room (laughs) and um, she opened the door. She's like, right, right. You know? And all I did, I lifted up my head and I was like, why is the bed moving? Cause I literally, to me, it literally felt like the bed was just, not like violently shaking, but I could feel it vibrating. Like it literally yeah. felt like there was a like I, I would assume an earthquake would feel. That was just your body he, trembling. He was getting like excited there. <laughs> you were so excited. Oh Jesus! <laughs> but no, it was happening to me, but multiple times, you know. And um, I, that's happened quite a few times to me where I've 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 woken up to feeling the bed like moving. Like literally vibrating, like it's crazy. I don't yeah, know. they have those beds you can put quarters on. Just like they that, we talk just to like that, them. without having. I don't have to have a vibrator for that. Oh, we don't have a vibrator in our house. <laughs> but uh, no, anyway, like uh, really, I um, I have I got. We've talked about it last time. You know, we got a huge fascination with the paranormal stuff, and I really, I, I love getting into that stuff. And I watch it all the time. You can ask my wife. She hates. I I always watch every freaking TV show that comes on, and she hates. I watch. Uh, <laughs> I watch Ghost Adventures all the time. Yeah. And people hate that. I can't take them seriously anymore. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. I can't. You know I love them to death. I'm not one to judge, but I just can't take them seriously. Anymore. Yeah, and I think I'm with you on that. But, I just can't. But you know, it's like, cool what he's doing. Yeah, I get it. But you're not gonna get touched every time you walk into a building in a different city. And you know, you're not I understand. Gonna, right. I and mean, I, unless you're like a legit like medium at heart or you know you just have that sixth sense i yeah. just don't believe that you're just going to walk in somewhere for investigatory purposes and then just oh i got touched oh i Did she just invent a new word holy shit investigatory <laughs> <laughs> does it wow, work i'm hard. pretty it, sure it, it is a if word, it's not it? in the webster pretty sure everyone got the gist uh, yeah yeah but no i mean uh, we say that. And I, she's going to make us look dumb. And, I, and she, I mean, she, I make, I don't, I make fun of them sometimes, you know, yeah. on that show. But to be honest with you, I was thinking about it the other day when I was watching them. I'm like, you know, I, I like, the, the the dude has something that's interesting because he's super popular. That show is yeah. super popular. Yeah. But like, he was more popular when his muscles were doubled the size. Yeah. What does yeah. steroids do to you? Well. But anyway, what I was going to say is like, I, uh, I kind of understand where he's coming from and for a lot of people to sit around saying that oh most of his bullshit which come on i mean yeah some of his bullshit but who knows what someone yeah. feels when they walk into a building well you, you know, know what it, i mean it, it's funny because i just uh was watching uh, something the other day and they were talking about how some people 
can sense things more than other people. Mm -hmm. They're more perceptive to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and as, as these people were talking, actually, I'm sorry, it was a podcast I was listening to. It was uh, one of Jim Harold's podcasts. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how some people can be sensitive to these paranormal events. Um, and they actually believe that everybody is sensitive yes. to these events. It's just some people kind of ignore it. Push it aside, 100%. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. Well, because a lot more people are more, they're more apt to want to believe that it was just a legit cold chill yeah, as opposed yeah. to, you know, energy, you know, as in the form of a ghost right. or, you know, anything like that. Like you're talking to someone in a room with a casual conversation all of a sudden for no reason whatsoever, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and you just get this really eerie feeling. And then usually right after that, you have to take a pee. Well, people usually will just say, oh, well, I just got to take a pee. So let's go take a pee and we're done with that. And they have no idea that like something just walked by them or brushed past them or blew in their ear or you know, whatever. Yeah. They, they, it's so much easier to believe. I would have never logic. Co coordinated hair over standing on back of neck and taking a pee. Well, oh my gosh, well, I mean, that's what happens, like, you're yeah. and it hits you, you're at a party, you're hanging out with people, your belly's full, you've been drinking, you know, whatever, and it hits you. I'm not the type that's just be like, oh, I gotta go pee, like, stuff happens, I get goosebumps, or I start doing my little pee dance, and I'm like, oh, excuse me, uh, I mean, but it's easier, if I just use that as an example, people are a lot more apt to believe in, you know, scientific you know, what explanation as opposed to, you know, just want to grab like pitchforks and daggers and, you know, night green light and right, like that. Right. They don't. Oh yeah. 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 But yeah, uh, I, um, I wish that would, that would be one of my huge, like once in life would be able to do what like, uh, you know, Zach Baggins and all of them do travel and see all the, you know, all the cool places that were super old and probably haunted yeah. and like, um, just, and be able, I'm not necessarily worried about money, but you gotta make a living. We got two kids. We gotta take care of them. Oh, yeah, so you gotta yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. this podcast is kind of something like that for me because I also like to talk to people, you know, right. That, right. I, it's weird. Cause like, even my, like I told, I'll tell my wife, we'll be driving down the road and we'll see somebody walking on the road or someone at a store we're at or something. I'm like, dude, I really like to talk to that dude. I bet he or she is. Yeah. We're the really complete opposite. I'm you're all just, like stranger wanna, danger. You just want to knock on their door yeah. and be like, be like and Ryan, excuse me, sir. Yeah. Can I, can I take some time to talk to you about the paranormal? Yeah. Are you, and, and maybe it's not even about the paranormal. There's so many other things. That you, yeah. That's what Ryan, we'll be driving down the road and we'll see somebody, you know, the trench coat and the backpack. And you know whatever, walking across the overpass. Trench coat. I and think I'm just a like, flasher. yeah, I'm just <laughs> like, I'm just like, you know, it's been instilled in me since I was a little girl because I girl my dad was always like never pick up a hitchhiker my dad picked up hitchhikers with me in the vehicle but to me never pick up a hitchhiker it's better to be safe than sorry yeah, see, so I I've got it in my time. I've got it in my brain where it's like stranger danger you know red flag don't do it and then Ryan's like man I bet that guy's got a, I bet he's got a cool story I bet he'd be fun to talk to I you wonder might, what he's got and I'm just like no stranger you, danger well you know like I, man that's all up into the vanishing hitchhiker stuff exactly yeah. what I'm like, I don't want no part of freaking but cabin like, fever or the hills have eyes. I'd rather not. And I'm in all that. Bring I'd rather not. Yeah. I'm ready no. for it. I, I don't want to go looking for it. it. I want to go home and get in the bath and put my kids to sleep and have a good night. I'm ready for whatever. See, I'll have a good night on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't yeah. care. 
but like um no spark back to, <laughs> back to the paranormal stuff you know like i uh i just it's huge to me because there's that like i we talked about many a times mm-hmm. it's just that there's something else out there you know reality isn't what you think it is you know what i mean it's um yeah it's it's a fascination for me by far i've been fascinated by it since i was a little kid and you know you talk about all these shows and stuff on tv you know when i was younger there was like a couple shows that would pop up a couple times Mm -hmm. a year and those it was like oh my god i can't wait to see that you know and and you would like sit in front of the tv for hours waiting for that show to come on you know because you couldn't record stuff back then i grew up in the 70s okay um (laughs) so but now you you're so bombarded by it people are almost getting desensitized to it yeah well that's and that's and that's a lot of things in life period but yeah staying on this yeah, I, I mean, I understand that 100%. Um, I think that we, like we said before, TAPS, you know, the Ghost Hunters had a lot to do with that. And um, they had a fantastic show when they first started. And, you know, I've I've looked into the stuff and, of course, all, all the original members, you know, were like, okay, we're, we're not doing what we were. So they quit doing the show. Um, but I, li- I still listen to Jason Hawes. He has a... Um, a podcast called actually, it's actually a radio show, but they put it out for as a podcast um, called uh, Oh um, Beyond Reality Radio, and it's pretty good. Um, but uh, like I, those guys, I watched those every time they came on. I had to watch the new one coming out, um, and like you said, they put that out there and they showed that a lot of people were interested in it. You right. know, oh, yeah. and. Now you got so many, like I said, bombarding you with stuff that's kind of bullshit. It started you know? a craze, is what it did. I mean, you know, just like Halloween did with slasher films. Yep. You know, uh, absolutely. But it also puts some stuff out there. Some of the some of the shit they catch is cool. You know what yeah. I mean? The thing about it, I've heard people talk about it. Like, let's just put it out there for uh, the Ghost Adventures with Zach Baggins. I've heard people talking about it, like making fun of it and all this other stuff and saying, well, he never really catches too much of anything, but that's the point. You know, he acts, he, you're he not going to see stuff. Every he, time. he puts on a show all the time, mm-hmm. but real, really they only catch stuff every now and again, which is the way it is supposed to be. Right. When you're putting on a show on TV. Yeah. you got to make it look like it's so yeah. All, all well, he and they've do, got deadlines and they've got this and that. All he can, I mean? all he can do is say, Oh, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that because they're not catching that much. Right. But when they do catch something, they show it, you know? So, I mean, I, I see where it's coming from. Uh, where people come from on it because yeah he puts on like I even told my wife I'm like you don't get possessed every time you walk to a place now right. like and uh but and hey let's shove Aaron into those dark oh my gosh I know I feel so bad for Aaron like why does he always have to be in the deepest dark room of the nastiest most <laughs> grotesque basement where somebody got slasher killed and the killer's haunting it and yeah. they've already got a voice recording down there and the door's already slammed in that room but you're the one that's going to be sitting down there we'll see you later <laughs> like what why do they always do that to him I don't get it I give him props though he does he, he does, does too he never wants to but he does like oh my god he he's got to nightmares he's got to have nightmares but uh, and they both they've all of them have spoken about when they took a break there for a little while because they both left all of them all three of them left i don't even remember what 
place they were investigating. But when they left, they even took a break from a show for a little while because they all brought something to their home yeah. with them, which is one oh, of my biggest big fears. Thing. Like, don't like I'll go and want to check you out or whatever, but I'm not wanting to like step in your soul and bring it back home with me and you kick it in my chest of drawers. Like I'm not okay with that. I don't. Yeah, and I, yeah. that's one of my biggest fears is something ever me being a, a curious George and going out there and bringing something home to my family. Yeah. That happened uh, whenever I, I took the uh, Alton, Alton haunted tour mm-hmm. and uh, our tour guide that night was this guy, Luke Nalaborski. And I've talked about him before. He's put out a couple books. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> great guy. I talked to him for a long time. And after after the uh, tour was over, he invited my wife and I back to the bookstore because that's that, that's kind of where the tour takes off from. They have a bookstore. It's called the the Haunted and Happenings Bookstore in, in Alton, or History and Hauntings Bookstore, sorry. Um, we went back and talked to him, and that was one thing that, that I talked to him about. I said, you know, I've heard that you can actually go to these haunted places and stuff can follow you home. And he was like, yes, absolutely. He said, it hasn't happened to me. Um, He said, but I have talked to some people where they feel like something followed them home. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and first of all, if something, if you think something does follow you home, the best thing to do is if you're you're that worried about it, don't even try. Yeah. Um, Because you have to be strong-willed. Oh, yeah. And like for me, I got a will off the motherfucking world. I, I got a really strong will. And like... If something does follow you home, all you gotta do is let them know it's your home. Yeah. And don't back down. I mean, it's, it's and you're easy. not welcome here. It's very easy. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, stuff does follow you. And speaking of ghost adventures, there was there's two people that used, that they did some shows with that did die. And a lot of people think the Grant they said the guy killed it was murder suicide. But if you watch the episodes with those people on it, I mean, it, they clearly talked about how something followed them. And it's been with them, and it was making them do things, you know. And I mean, you can brush it off as that, or whatever. But I mean, I, like stuff can't fall. You you, just, you can't be weak. That's the way I look yeah. at it, you know. Yeah. Um, if you're weak, anything can happen to you in real in reality or whatever you want to call it. Right. I mean, it's just the way the world is, you know. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind a little bit here uh, back to where we were talking about the feelings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the oddest times that I ever had. I haven't been to a lot of haunted places, but I've been to a few. Like I said, I've been fascinated by it for years. But one of the oddest feelings I ever had was when we spent the night at the Lent Mansion. Mm. Um, I didn't see any ghosts there, but the whole time I was there, you just had this weird feeling like, I don't know if it was like, somebody was watching me the whole time or following me around or whatever you just never felt alone yeah exactly you just it kind of felt weird it was just i don't know very dark yeah yeah i i have had i've had that feeling quite a few times i mean we talked about that before when i told you about that house that i wouldn't go into Mm -hmm. you know uh and usually i'm not really scared of I'm not really, to be honest with you, I'm really not scared of anything, but like I know that if I get a feeling about something enough to where I'm like, eh, maybe I shouldn't, then I'm not going to, you know, it's just common sense. Um, but <laughs> it kind of reminds me of one time, me and um, my wife, 
of uh, another friend of ours and my, my our girl Breezy, who's going to be on the show, as we said Bree. before. We were out <laughs> on Halloween night and we went to this old, uh, this old, it used to be like a, um, oh, yep, yep, old, I like, remember this. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. A, uh, a Saint Asylum type place, but mm-hmm. people, but it wasn't a Saint Asylum. I was against it from the drive. And then, um, <laughs> I just so we're clear, there used to be an abortion clinic, like all this stuff, right? All this evil crap. All this you know, just you think evil, of. just evil. And but it anyway. was all stories. There was nothing documented. It was just what we had heard, but it in fact did turn out to be true later once but they demolished the building. Anyway. <laughs> So we pull up in this, it's up on this hill, very top of this hill, and you got to pull up in the drive. It's all boarded up, old rock. The building's made out of old rock, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, <laughs> me and Bree get out, and uh, we're like, hey, we're going to go inside. You guys come in. They're like, no, way. They sit in the car, of course. My wife yeah. and Chrissy sit in the car. And uh, so we go down there, and we break in the bottom down there. There's like a board open. And there's like, we get in there, dude, and there's still like old uh, gurneys, all kinds of shit in there. Cool wow. shit. But anyway, we come out like 50. 10, 15 minutes later, we come out and we're like, we're going to fuck with them. So we take off running up the backside of this building and they see us running mm-hmm. towards the car. And we're like, start the car, start the car, go, go. What do they do? They fucking lock us out. Mm-hmm. I ain't doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. And I wasn't either. You crazy people went in there and if something's chasing your ass out of there, you deserve a bite. Locked, <laughs> locked us out of the fucking I, car. I'm like, oh, I see where your fucking loyalty's like. Can you, I told I would, you not to go. <laughs> I told oh, you not to go shit. from the driveway. I'm telling you. I was not, nope. So, at least now I know who to trust. Oh, I got you now, babe. Oh, I got sure. you now, but then you were testing me. I failed. You failed miserably. I failed. <laughs> miserably. I was not ready. It was too soon. It was Hell, too my soon. wife would have started the car and drove off. Oh, man. But, yeah, you know, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I felt, uh. I've, I've felt some stuff that's pretty dark, you know, and, you know, um, I can't remember if I talked about this before. I don't think I have, but like my brother, my brother, CJ, he's had some stuff happen to him, you know, and uh, like it's it's affected him a lot, you know, mm-hmm. like he won't watch The Exorcist yeah, because of this stuff, you know. There's he, a lot of people won't. Well, he. <sighs> my wife won't watch it. He had he had a feeling like. um he was laying sleeping on the couch one night and um, he felt, you know, you're talking about someone feeling somebody sit on the bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, he felt this pressure all over his entire body. And he couldn't, he said he couldn't breathe. He couldn't hardly he couldn't breathe. Scream. He couldn't make a single word. And he was nothing. wide awake. And he was like, it made it to the point where it made him like want to cry. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, like he felt the evilness. He felt it. And it's ha- it happened to him twice. And, um, the second time I had to him, his girlfriend was there awake when it happened, trying to help, trying to help him, and she couldn't until he came out of it. But uh, speaking about that, like I remember, this is where it gets crazy. I don't know if this was a dream or what was going on, but I remember being, I remember sleeping or whatever. So I thought it was a dream at the time. I was laying in bed and I opened my eyes up. And I had a small light on in my room, you know, so there's just, there's a little bit of light showing. Kind of mm-hmm. like a sense. I don't know if you guys know a scent, a sensey light, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like that, yeah. like a nightlight type deal. And I saw there's a little bit of light and I was laying there, but as soon as I opened my eyes, I was staring at the wall. So I was laying on my side, staring at the wall, but I felt this, like, as soon as I opened my eyes up, I felt what evil is. I swear on everything, I, I felt like 
there was, I mean, like a devil, Satan, whatever you want to call evil, was there. Bad. And I remember um, just panicking and like laying there, not wanting to look away from the wall and just feeling this presence like coming over me and just coming over me, get closer and closer and closer. And then I, my mom, and then like I come out of it and my mom's holding me and I'm drenched from head to toe, like drenched and sweat. And she was like shaking me, crying. Like my dad was standing there, like trying to wake me up. And um, was the hair standing up on the back of your neck? And I had to pee. Did I you have to you. pee? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, didn't know if you, I didn't know if that was coming or not. No, okay. no, no. But like my mom was like crying, shaking me. And she's like, oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. Like, and um, she said that I was breathing. Like I wasn't even breathing. I was like, I was like, <laughs> Like doing yeah, that, like not even breathing though. Like yeah. when I get full gas, just kind of, and she woke me up finally. And um, that all happened kind of like the last episode we did. I was telling you about mm-hmm. that neighbor. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. That happened yeah. after that too. Remember when I got sick? Right. Dude, I'm telling you, there was something going on. There was a battle going on there, dude. And, wow. you know, I don't know what, what the whole situation was. Like I said, I'm not very religious anymore. I believe in higher power or something out there. Don't know what it is. I believe in good and evil. I really do. I believe in karma. I'm a high believer in karma, whatever that is. But it's bit me in the ass a few times. Yeah. I don't want to meet her. People yeah. don't say nice things. I, uh, yeah, I'm a huge believer. You can ask my wife. I believe in karma on everything, man. I don't, I don't screw nobody over. We were talking about. Maybe one of these days I'll meet your wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, it might be good. Might she be. might be nice. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, I, people, we were at eating at a restaurant and they're like, do you ever spit in my food or do in my food, dude? You know, I'm like, hell no. I would never be able to eat in a restaurant again if I freaking, uh, if I did something like that, dude. Because I would be like, just, I would know something's going to be kicking me in my ass. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, back to this. I just, um, something was going on there. I don't know what it was, man, but for a while there, for a few months, it was hardcore. And I mean, I remember what happened. I started going to church all on my own. I woke up one summer night or one summer morning on a Sunday. It was summertime and have school and stuff. I woke up at like 630 in the morning and I'm like, I'm going to go to church. So I went to church by myself. I'm the one that got my whole family to go to church. They went to church after that for a while. But uh, anyway, I started going to church. So then I started going to every single church just to see what they're all about. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> cool little story. I don't know if it's true or not. I heard this from some people, from older folks in different churches I've talked to. Uh, there's like, in the town that, I, that we lived in, there's like six or seven churches in a town of like 500 people, if that. And two bars. Okay. Wow. Well, what I heard about this is that there was a lot of, we kind of talked about witchcraft and stuff like mm-hmm. that. There was a lot of satanic stuff or whatever stuff going on in this town a long time ago or whatever. So they brought all these church or religious groups together to try to, you know, get rid of it. Right. So they had to stay here, you know, to be able to keep it, the stuff gone. And I mean, all these buildings and these little businesses and this other crap have come and gone, but all these churches are still here. Even if there's only like two or three people going to these damn churches, wow. it seems like like they're still here. 
whether or not it's true, I don't know. Yeah. But you know, it's kind of a cool story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I remember when we were. I remember when I was a kid, and because I always went to Newburgh ever since first grade. I mean, so from six years old to graduation, and I can't honestly remember if you guys were here yet or not but i remember that um one of the old houses right in the middle of town right there on main street that there was this big huge stink brought up through the town and people were actually arrested uh because they this was an old abandoned house and the police there i guess some of the neighbors or whatever had been calling the police because of loud music and you know candles burning up in the top of the house like for like odd hours of the night and stuff and they were it was older people that lived around there they were scared that like somebody left the candle burning you know right. they don't know why there's crazy music at 3 34 o'clock in the morning so the police ended up getting called and they were all like i mean crack of dawn like early morning like between three and four you know whatever and the police got called one night and they finally were like okay we're gonna go check it out we've had more than a couple phone calls time to go do our job so right. to speak right. And they showed up there and nobody came to the front door. So they just let themselves in. They had probable cause, whatever that was. But they busted in the door. They climbed the stairs to the top of the house. And I mean, they arrested these people that were in black robes and they had each other's blood written in, you know, pentagrams on their body. And they had, you know, filleted cats and chickens and candles and salts. And no, I mean, it was just a ridiculous. I, I, I mean, it was a big deal because. That stuff didn't happen in the town like that. And it was a big deal. And then shortly after that, my cousin, actually, he's an older cousin. He's got about maybe three or four years on me. He is a diehard country boy. I mean, just cruising the back roads and, you know, just he lives for the country. And he was on a back road, you know, a little, a couple hours, I guess, before dusk. And he came back and he he came back to where all of us were because we always hung out in the streets in Newburgh. Mm-hmm. We were always just hanging out down there by the tracks. And he came by one day and stopped in there with us. And he stopped and told us that he was out on some back road, you know, down down PRT highway, you know, whichever. And then all of a sudden he came around a corner and there was just this person head down, black roped from head to toe, just walking down the street. No, it was was Mill Creek. It was Mill Creek. Okay. And there was all kinds of people out there. Okay. And there was, I just remember it was a big deal. There was, they had, these people had like fires up and down the road and they were just standing around, you know, like get these fires doing whatever they're doing. So they come back up in town and they seen us and hey, you guys want to go down here? There's like some kind of weird satanic people or something down here. So like, whatever, back we fought all the time. Back then we're like, fuck, let's go kick their ass. So we went down there and they were all gone. You still see the fires on the side of the road, but they were all gone. But all the people were. Um, but the, and the other thing you're talking about with the, I was here. Were you here? Yeah, it was, it was around Halloween actually when it happened. And it was in, um, it was in this apartment. There's a building down there that has like apartments up top and there's the one apartment at the very bottom, but it's like all at the end of it. So it's as long as the entire apartment complex. Okay. And, um, uh, it was right around, when they busted him, it was like the night before Halloween. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember being downtown and seeing like all the cops there and we walked down there and we were talking to one of the cops that we, the local, the local cops that we knew. And they said there were some people in there sacrificing cats and stuff, and they had them hanging from the roof. And was telling us all about it. But yeah. sick bastards. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I remember that. That was it. Was pretty crazy. 
And um, uh, I can't remember how many people they arrested that night, but I, I knew a few of them, actually. I can't remember that the names were up in there. that were in there. Yeah. You know, I can't remember 100% who they were, but I knew that I knew. I'm like, wow, I can't believe that person was in there. You know, or, or I was like, yeah, of course that person was in there. I mean, either yeah, way, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, some pla- like talking about energy, places hold energy, you know, like, like uh, they say like limestone is really, really good about holding in that, that energy of, of stuff, you know, and um, water supposedly. See, I've heard varying things. I've heard that water either you like, well, like on Night of the Demons, right? It couldn't oh, pass could, the stream, right? The demons you know? couldn't pass, couldn't go. But then I've heard that it also stream. flows. It's weird. Uh, of course, you, everyone's got their own look. That's and that's my whole thing with the paranormal stuff. It's almost like we talked about before. It's a personal thing, mm-hmm. right? Because everyone's views are different. Because with me, like when I think of water, and if you want to like intermingle water and the paranormal, I mean, as far as me personally. I look at water as like a cleansing agent, like a purification type. Like you get baptized in water. You, you know, wash your sins away. You know, if, if you want to go that route with it, I wouldn't, I mean, like I never outside of, you know, some crazy creature that hasn't been discovered yet that just looks ridiculous and scary. I mean, I never, I mean, cause look at, think about the angelfish at the bottom of the ocean, mm-hmm. the depths of the ocean and pure blackness. And then they just look horrifying and they have a bing, a little yeah. light that comes on and they're just horror mouth wide open. And then when the prey gets close, bing, and then it's, I mean, you never know really, but I don't, I don't think of water as being able to carry like evil. Didn't we talk about, uh, I can't remember if we talked about this on a podcast or if it just me and you bullshitting one day. But uh, oh, we never bullshit. <laughs> but um, about being born and dying and why you see a light when you die. But people say a light. There's a light that you see, right? Right. Like. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Where are you going with this? Check this, check this out. <laughs> check this out, right? This is cool. I'm sure people heard it. Yeah, check it out. That's what I'm saying. I've heard this multiple times. Like you go out the same now way listen, you come listen, in. Now listen, listen, listen. They say that when you die and you see that light, mm-hmm. right? You're coming through. And they tell you to go towards the go light. Go towards the light, right? They say go towards the light. Well, when you come towards the light, that's you being born. You get that bright light in your face. They're you know, it's you like being born again, like or reborn well, no, into that's the just hands of into a, your new thing. Yeah. And the reason why you cry so much when you're a baby is because you're remembering your past that's your past life it's just like hitting you but, like but, then, but then you start to forget over time and you become this right. new person well and now that's now you're getting time. into reincarnation yes which i i see man i'm so i'm all it. over the place on everything because it. i kind of i do believe in reincarnation you know because i i know for a fact that i'm an old soul I know for a fact I am. Yeah, I'm, me too. It sounds kind of weird, but like bullshit. I'm older than you. No, you just old. You just old. <laughs> he's an old soul. I'm an old fart. I mean, if you don't, I mean, really though, if you don't believe in reincarnation, even in the slightest sense, 
then how can you how how can you explain history legit over and over and over and over and over again repeating it? Well, that's human nature. I yeah. mean, that's just human nature. Okay, but human, and I understand like human nature, but it's not human nature for you know, and it doesn't have to be something good. I mean, think of something very tragic, very traumatic, mm-hmm. you know, very life changing, happening over. No, that's that people love that. They, that's yeah. that's funded. That that can't. That's not a good yeah. example. No, that's funded. No, it's just it, that's just never ending. That's not history repeating itself. That's just never shutting down. They just one stops and they throw it in another country. I mean, it's just that's what that is. But reincarnation to me is like you. It in a sense is history repeating itself. I mean, I have had dreams where I've been some like you know frilly maiden in my you know. Slut. Yeah, well, no, not necessarily. I'm not in my Four. dream anyway. My dream didn't do all that. <laughs> my dream didn't, didn't show me oh, all wait, that. Oh, wait, never mind. That was last Saturday. Uh, but I know who I am today, so I'm sure I had a good time. <laughs> well, no, but like... Hey, I, I know. I saw dream. you as a nun in the past. I did. Yeah, Ryan loves those contact, contacts out of character. Um... They're so dry, though. Those contacts were so dry and heavy. Okay, we're Get getting back off to where I was well, quick. Get back on the train. Putting me back in my element, and then. Stop <laughs> <it>. And <laughs> somebody's gonna get anyway, throat punched here yeah. pretty soon. Yeah. Well, no. Anyway, like I've had dreams where I've been like this. This. I mean, the only way that I can really describe it is like a a frilly maiden where you know the big long dress and the cloth dress and the long super hair and the bonnet on my head and i'm walking through a pasture with this basket you know with bread or whatever was in it and there's just like a battle going on around me and i'm scared i know people that i'm running past to get away from it but i really have no idea who they are like i couldn't tell you what their name was i just knew that like i knew them and i felt bad for them because they're they're fighting and they're maybe dying and i'm trying to get away from it like i've had dreams like that i've had dreams where i was like an indian and i come from you know indian heritage i'm cherokee and um native Blackfoot. american Na- well, thank native you. american thing okay thank you well, thank you so, well indian dot, you know <laughs> feather not the dot if that's not politically correct i'm trying to make a distinction holy shit! you just got rid of half our fan base <laughs> No. Man. Oh, okay. Man. Don't worry me. That scared me. Yeah. No, all eight but people. We'll I, delete all that Jesus. <laughs> just delete Feather, not the dog. We'll be all right. Oh, oh now you delete it again. Oh. Now I got to delete it again, though. Shut your pie hole. Shut up. <laughs> Wait, don't give me a complex. Uh. Anyway, okay, there has to be, to be something. You guys I mean, are never going to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> no, there has to be something. There has to be something out there. I mean, is there your is, brain there really is. that vivid? I mean, is your imagination really yeah, running I, that I, rampant I, when you I see had, it? I had a dream. I got shot by a farmer and turned into a snake. <laughs> the hell is that mean? I'm a snake. That must have been in your rocker days. Yeah. Well, see, I, I believe that there is something out there, you know, but I also believe that the human brain is so... Well, there's so much we there's don't so know. much we don't know about it, and there's so much you can do that you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to uh, hard to be able to tell. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I just uh, I, like she was talking about having dreams of past lives. I strongly strongly believe that I 
had to have been in a war in a past time in my life because I have my entire life since I was a kid when I was when I was a like I really wanted to be in the military from the time I was like nine years old and I almost went and I kind of kicked myself in the ass for not going because I kind of I had that regret yeah you know what I mean that's why I got into cage fighting because it fed that bad that felt that fed that gave me that fuel that you know what I mean um, but I had that urge I had the urge to, to prepare for everything. I had that urge to know how to defend myself and teach my kids how to defend themselves. I love shooting, like, but I feel like I was born in the wrong era. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like I should have been born in a different era of time. And that's how I, I felt my whole life. There's a lot of people feel that way. You know, and I think that has a lot to do with that past life stuff. Um, and who knows, man, like I was saying with the whole rebirth thing, like maybe that's still part of your DNA your past life is still in there. You know what I mean? And, um, well, look at some of the, some of the odd, like, uh, and there's a lot of them popping up just here recently. It's kind of funny that we're talking about this because I've seen a lot of photos popping up here recently where people will be in like a, uh, art museum or whatever. And there'll be an old picture from like oh, two yeah. or 300 years ago. And the person's standing there by the picture and they look identical to the person. In yeah, the, dude. I've you seen, know. I think you can look online. There's pictures of people in time. Like yeah. Even actresses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's like holy shit. Yeah, I remember Nicolas Cage was one of oh, them. Oh, yeah, he looked dude. like a some sort of uh, soldier or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, I've seen all the and yeah, I mean that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I have that. I I actually have that a lot. I don't know if you want to call it like deja vu or whatever, but that happens to me a lot like i'll just be doing my normal like run-of-the-mill thing like eat say i'm you know picking up the living room after the kids and their toys are everywhere and i'm like trying to wipe stuff down like i'll just have that that five or six second instance of like oh man like i've seen these toys laid on this table like in this exact manner like before and i'm like okay you know moving on and I pick yeah. everything up and I wipe yeah. it down on the go and then like I'll and you like, always kind of pause yeah well and then like it'll just be the littlest stuff like I'll be unloading groceries and I never ever like buy the exact same thing right. and I never like bag everything the exact same way but like I'll be unloading my groceries and I'll reach in and I'll like just see a bag of groceries with stuff in it and bags hanging on my arm and you know the leaves a certain way behind my jeep in my driveway and i'm just like whoa that one was strong okay moving on and then i go on about my business i see people that look i did and this is a small town Mm -hmm. but i see people that look absolutely identical to people that i know and i'll see them from like behind and i'll be like oh hey but when they turn like sideways and i catch a side view i'll be like yeah no she would never wear what you're wearing but you have a twin out there i'm just to let you know like and i'm friends with her man now we're getting into doppelgangers yeah Yeah. it happens to me all the time do people tell me constantly i hear this like at least once a day you got a twin out there oh hey aren't you i'm like no that's not me are you sure oh uh, yeah you like, have an identical twin you have are you an sure identical you're not twin. who you think you are you have what? an identical <laughs> twin i hear that at least once a day dude yeah. and i'm not even playing you better hope i never it's funny it. i met mine when i was a kid when i was uh 
I was in grade school and him and I were in the same school together, but we were in different classes. Oh, wow. His name was Chad and he lived right down the street from me. We lived on the same street Ooh. and kind of bumped into each other. I mean, we looked identical. Did you guys ever go oh home and God. fuck with we, your parents I mean, switch up houses? It was, <laughs> it was, it was so, I mean, we looked so similar that we could switch classes and like, that's freaking cool, man. And I don't know, like, I've, I mean, I've experienced things on my own that make me personally believe that there's something out there. And if you've not ever experienced anything, number one, you're lucky because they're not usually fun. They, they, they're, they're no, it's Wrong. my experiences, my <laughs> personal experience, and everyone's different, but my personal experiences, every one of them, except for one, made me feel very, very uncomfortable, on edge, uneasy, wanted to remove myself from the situation, remove myself from the entire vicinity. Are we talking about a relationship like here? About, we can. On? Do we, we get into that? We got days. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> no, but there was only one that I had when, I mean, before I even knew what a ghost was, what paranormal was, before I was even of age to watch anything on the TV or, you know, anything like that. But when I was really, really little, my great grandma Feathers, she died before I was born. My sister's four and a half years older than me. She knew my grandma when she was like two, two and a half years old. And then my grandma died. Well, that's on my dad's side of the family. And our grandpa Feathers was always there. He lived to be until he was like 96, 97, something around that. But when I was a little girl, there was one thing that, you know, kids always want a certain thing. Well, my big thing was when I went to bed at night, I always wanted my parents to come in and read me a story. They never did. I grew up and forgot about it. But I always wanted that. And even before I knew how to read, like I'd sit in my bed with the light on with a book and I had no idea, you know, and I just make up words and tell myself <laughs> stories and fall asleep. I mean, and then, but when I was super young, I couldn't have been more than like four, four, four or five years old. I would have the same dream every single night and I would be in this like beautiful what we lived in a trailer so I mean it was nice but it was a trailer and there would be like in my dream I would be in this beautiful white like princess room with pink sheets and the cute lamps and just this beautiful you know kids dream princess room and everything would be white I would be in my bed I'd have a little bitty lamp right beside my bed but the whole room would have already been like projected bright and then this door to the room would open and my great grandma would float not even kidding well you like, didn't know the time no though was your i had no idea yeah no it was just this old lady and i she never spoke to me she never spoke a word like never she would never come in and say hello she would never come in and you know but i just felt super comfortable with this woman with this woman, oh my God, I can't even right now. You guys are killing me. Stop with your sexual windows when what? I'm trying to sell a story. Oh. <laughs> you're getting me all tongue-tied. Tell your story. Anyway, I am. Anyway, she would come in and I just felt completely comfortable with her. Like I knew who she was, I but I didn't. And she would sit down, she would read me stories, and then she would leave. Like she would never say bye. She would never, but she would sit there and she'd read me a story. Like I say, she wouldn't talk to me. She would read me a story and then that was it. And she'd go on. Well, that was my, it was my great 
Tell the story though. Don't that tell was it. my great grandma. And how'd you figure she, that out? Well, when my grandma, her her daughter, my dad's mom, my grandma came down to visit and she, my dad and her were really, really close. And I came out, I had a dream and I didn't know still, but I came out and this, this lady in my dream, she always, when she would leave the room, she would always go, she'd always put her finger up over her mouth and she'd hush me, but it was like a comforting hush. Like, don't tell and I'll be back. That's how I always felt. And I never spoke a word to anybody. Not even kidding. I never spoke a word to anybody. And then that I was always scared that if I told anybody about it, that she'd stop coming. And I loved going to bed at night, waiting for my dream, waiting for this little old lady to come read me my stories. And I finally came up one day and I told my dad and I was like, dad, you know, I told him the whole story. Someone's been coming in my dreams to read to me. And he was like, well, okay, what does she look like? You know, my mom and dad are skeptics, 100%. You know, even though they've had stuff happen to them, they're still like, you know, it's scientific. It can be proven. We're not going to waste our time. It happened. It's done. Move on. I was never that way after that time when I was that little kid. And I told my dad what had happened. And I was little enough for him to like hold me in his arms and me right. tell him. And I was like, he was like, well, what did she look like? And I told him, I said, well, she was old, dad. She had gray hair. She didn't have any feet. She floated across the floor to me. And she was wearing a blue dress, a dark blue dress. And it had a pink flower on it. And my dad just kind of like snapped back a little bit, looked at me weird. And he said, he said, come here. And he took me to my grandma and he had me tell my grandma and I didn't want to. Like I told dad and I was like, she's probably never going to come back already. Like, I don't want to tell everybody. Like, I don't want to do that. But he made me tell her. And when I told her, like, she just like all the, the color from just left her face. And she just, you know, was like, what? And she went straight to her purse and she pulled out the picture of her mom, my great grandma that she had in her purse. Mm -hmm. She carried it with her all the time. And it was the last picture that was taken of her mom. And it was also, well, it was the last picture she had taken of her mom and she was wearing that blue dress and she had a pink flower on. That was her Sunday dress. She got buried in that dress with the pink wow. flower. And when my grandma and showed up, I never, I, she died before I was born. You never I had saw never, the picture, no, I had never, wow. my grandpa Feathers lived down in Mississippi. We always lived in Missouri. I was young enough to where we hadn't even taken outside of me being like a little baby and not knowing better. We had never gone down there and me actually even stepped foot in my great grandpa Feathers home. So I had never seen a picture of her. Mom and dad didn't have pictures of her. They never spoke about her. Like they would always say grandpa Feathers and your great grandma Feathers, you know, they, she's not here anymore. You never got to meet her. She was the sweetest lady ever, like whatever. That's all that that was. And I was like, okay, you know, I never met her. I'm four. Bye. But that happened for an extended period of time after that day of the whole family figuring it out and kind of getting a little spooked. I mean, because it wasn't just me making up stories as a four-year-old, like they all knew. I had never been to grandpa's. I had never met grandma. I had no idea. And for me to be able to explain all that just floored them completely. And that was the first experience that I ever had. And that was the first and only one that ever made me feel comfortable. I felt safe with it, whatever it was, I felt safe with it. It it was comforting at night when my parents would say, go to bed, okay, and go to bed and straight to sleep. I wanted her to come read me my stories. That's cool. So, I mean, even it's 
a comfortable, uh-huh. and, you know, feeling like a loving feeling. Mm-hmm. Wow. That and I had really no, cool. I had no idea. And after that, I was like, my grandma showed me that picture, and I said, "That's her." Only she, she has feet. In my dream, she has no feet. She floats across the floor, and there's like light coming out from underneath her dress. Like it's, and she yeah. floated to my bed and sat on my bed. And the only thing I got from her was read the story, and then she'd get up and float away. Like no kiss on the head, no pat right. on the head, no hug. Just she'd float away. I'd lay down in bed. I'd watch her leave the door, and she'd always turn around and just shh. After wow. I told everyone, she never came back. She never came back after that day, not once. And I waited and waited and I cried to my dad because I was like, I told. She always told me not to and I told and now she's gone. That is a really cool story. Yeah. Really cool. That was a crew that, and that's what, today's and what's still up crazy. With the, what's up with the feet? That, that happens a lot in stories where yeah. people, you know, will say, you know, you, you don't see anything from like the knee down yeah. or whatever. You know, well, sometimes what it, I, from what I understand, like that was the only thing to, that, that kind of like made me a little eerie mm-hmm. about the situation was the fact that she had no feet. Like, why is she not taking this step after step after step? Like, well, why is like she floating? I, I used to, you know, I've had my own parallel team and stuff. Like, I've delved into it, but like, basically, what they started to say is, is that they don't have the energy to fully form. So a lot okay. of a lot of things. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they have full energy, but sometimes they really don't. Yeah. You know, so that's what, what they can do is what they can do. Um, but like, that's why like normally, when you hear about demonic stuff with children, the reason why people see full fledged children is because a demonic energy has a huge amount of power energy, yeah. so it has that power to do that. Um, and that's what a lot of people misunderstand about stuff like well, how come like par- how can we poltergeist and paranormal stuff like that? But ghosts can't really. It's all about energy, you know. Yeah. And you got malevolent malevolent spirits. You know, demonic spirits and stuff like mm-hmm. that that can create that energy to, you know, do stuff. You know, I know you got a story. You know that you want to tell, if you want to. You don't have to. I mean, well, this story is kind of, you know, it's about me, but it's more of a family story, kind of a, a tragedy. Um, so, I grew up in St. Louis. Uh, when I was young teenager, we moved to. Arnold, which is south of St. Louis. And my sister, who is six years older than me, she uh, met her husband when she was in high school. And they got married right out of high school. And and he was, he was the kind of guy that, you know, I really looked up to him. He, you know, I, I didn't, didn't really have a brother to look up to. Um, never had a father to look up to, you know, so he kind of, he, he was that strong, you know, he was a country boy, you know, he just, you know, very good looking guy, you know, very trim, joined the military right out, right out of high school, you know, and that just, you know, he was, he was like my hero, you know, I mean, you know, so they got married right out of high school, moved away and they were gone for, for years and they came back home. Well, unfortunately, uh, as tragic as it is, 10 years ago, he, he passed away, he got sick and ended up in the hospital and uh, didn't make it. 
and it was so that's kind of where the story begins um so my sister I, you know i don't even know how she did it i've got two young kids and now her her husband the love of her life has just passed away and uh you know she pulled herself together and you know the family kind of pulled around her what little bit of family we've got left you know we made the best out of a bad situation but some interesting things happened right around his death um he uh he had an appointment with a doctor. He had had some back surgery and stuff and was going through a lot of pain management. And they had put this, uh, they called it a morphine pump. Mm-hmm. It's a yep. pump that they put in you. And anyway, so they had this to help control some of his pain. And he had had surgery done on his back and he'd had both his knees operated on, you know, the military really tore him up, you oh, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, he, uh, he went to the doctor one day and he needed to get an MRI done. And they said, okay, well, for us to do this MRI, we're going to have to turn your pain pump off and we'll give you some medication to get you through that or whatever. Uh, so before he went into the doctor's office, he, he actually called my sister and left a message on her phone. You know, hey, honey, I was just calling to tell you I love you and, and all this, you know, and and, uh, you know, very sweet. He was just a very sweet guy, you know, very strong, but very yeah. sweet, oh, yeah. you know, loved my sister, but I would give anything for her. You know? So anyway, goes into the doctor. He ends up having a seizure in the doctor's office. They immediately transfer him to the emergency room, uh, which was right across the street from the doctor's office that he was in. Um, when he got to the hospital, of course, they had called my sister and she had rushed to the hospital. And by the time she got there, he had already coded and they brought him back. But when they brought him back, he was not coming close. And mm-hmm. he stayed that way for a few days. Um, anyway, so my sister, in her grief, has to now plan a funeral. And uh, she uh, starts going about it. Well, he was. He was military, so he he always wanted to be buried at Jefferson Barracks. So she uh, she contacted Jefferson Barracks and you know explained the situation, what had happened, and who she was. And they said, okay, well let's go in and you know try and get this set up. And she said the guy came back to the phone and and he was like, ma'am, he was. He was just in here a few weeks ago and set up all this. He's he's already got his plot paid for and all the arrangements made. Oh. And uh, just a few weeks prior to this. So my, my sister was like, oh my God, you know what, you know. And he had no idea, you know. He, I mean, he was a relatively healthy man, you know. Um, what happened to him was very odd. It was just a fluke thing that happened. But so... Moving on from that, uh, you know, one of her best friends comes over and, and uh, you know, my sister's like, okay, so we got to get him ready for the funeral. I got to find clothes for him. You know, I want to put him in a suit. You know, I need to find a suit. And, and her friend's like, well, let me help you. Let me help you. And uh, 
So she uh, she got in the closet in their bedroom and was going through stuff. And, and she said, well, Kim, what, what about this one? And she pulls out a brand new suit that he had just bought. Don't know how long he had had it, but it hadn't even been opened. It was a brand new suit, still sealed in the plastic. So my sister's like, okay, so, you know, at this time, you know, my wife and I are back and forth from here to St. Louis, you know, several times a week, you know, trying to help her out and trying to keep the house going and, you know, and I had to work and, and it was really kind of weird for me because I had just started my vacation. My, well, this happened on a, on a Wednesday. Uh, I got the call Thursday. My vacation started Monday. Mm-hmm. And so I had to run to St. Louis. And so fortunately, I worked for great people and they just allowed me to take some time off. Well, that was my Saturday to work. So I had to come back home mm-hmm. that Saturday and, and take care of the animals and work. And, and then, you know, and then I was continuing on with my vacation. Um, uh, so after the us running back and forth, we were up there and... My brother-in-law was really big into fish. He, he loved fish and he had this big fish aquarium. My sister had no idea how to do anything with that. She, you know, and she was like, you know, what, what am I gonna do with this, you know? And, and I'm like, you know, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Let's get through the funeral and get, you know, we'll get all this taken care of. The morning of the funeral, we wake up, all the fish are dead in the tank. What? all of them wow so here i am scrambling before the kids get up to get all the fish out of this tank get all the water out of it because i want to get rid of that tank before the kids even get out of bed um so anyway uh it just some weird really strange occurrences yeah. um so after after the funeral uh which everything fell right into place because Thank God he had taken care of everything. Yeah. And like I said, he had no idea he was going to die. Or did he? He just, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. Crazy, man. So it was, oh, I don't know. It was probably a week or so after the funeral. Uh, I had come back home and my wife kept going back to St. Louis to help my sister. And uh, so I was home by myself one weekend and I had went to bed because I had to get up for work the next morning. And so I, I got to kind of explain my house to you a little bit. Whenever you walk in the front door of my house, you're staring at my bedroom door. It's about five feet in front of you, five or six feet maybe in front of you. Mm-hmm. And to the right of that is a staircase along the wall that goes up to the second floor. So if you walk out of my bedroom door, and, and look to your left, immediately you're looking up a set of stairs. So, came home that night, went to bed, and during the night, I had this dream that my brother-in-law was standing about three-quarters of the way up the steps, and I had walked out of my bedroom, and he was standing up there, and he was waving at me to come upstairs. Never saying a word. He was just standing there trying to get me to come upstairs. Um, 
it, it was vivid enough that it woke me up, mm-hmm. you know? So I woke up and I was like, Oh, okay. okay it was just a dream, you know, just a dream. And I, and I laid there and I was, I laid there staring at the door for a little while. I was like, okay. You know. And then I drifted off back to sleep. But what? No time later, I had the exact same dream again. Him standing there waving me to come up the stairs. Um, woke me up again. And this time when it woke me up, my feet hit the floor. And I was like, what in the world is going on? You know? And so I, you know, I stood there staring at the door, like, do I want to go out that door? You know, you know, I'm not, I'm not really afraid to go out there, but I don't know that I'm ready for the. Yeah, I was an emotional mess. Well, I mean, like, I'm, like I'm telling you, this guy was my hero. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go back to bed. You know, and I went back to bed, and I ended up having that same dream a third time that night. And this time when I woke up, I went to the door and I had my hand on the doorknob and I just could not get myself to open that door. It was like something was pushing against that door and it would not let me open it. Went back to bed, never had the dream again. Uh, when I walked, when I woke up the next morning though, you bet your ass I went really slow through that door. And when I did, I looked up the stairs and there was nothing on the staircase. <clears throat> Just kind of a weird occurrence that has happened to me. Now we have a lot of cats in our house. Mm-hmm. Ever since that night, now we have several cats that will go about halfway up the staircase and just sit there and meow. For no reason. We have no idea what they're doing. They don't do it all the time. Yeah. But it's, you know, occasionally they'll just sit there look, staring up the staircase, meowing. Don't know what it is. Now, he had been at our house before. Of course, he didn't pass away in our house. He passed yeah. away in the hospital. <clears throat> um, my house, I don't think my house is haunted because my house is a brand new house. Nobody has ever lived in my house. Yeah. Now, is there something going on with the property right. here? Yeah, who knows? Ah, who knows? Who knows? But it's a very strange story. Well, I think it's cool story you know like with the dream three times i i think that's just i think that's just you know the circumstances going on at the time that energy yeah you know what i mean well in your grief too i mean everyone grieves differently yeah yeah well it's like i said whenever i talked about it last time but like when whenever my wife's dad passed away i had a conversation with him yeah now, whether or not a dream is real, mm-hmm. like we talk about four different dimensions, right. there's different planes of, of existence. Right. You know, right. That I think the conversation was 100% real. Yeah. It was just on a different plane, you know? And then the same thing happened when my friend Ryan died. I woke up in the middle of the night, even woke her up a little bit, and I was like, Ryan was just here. I didn't talk to him. But I felt them. Wow. It's like, it would be like me not seeing you. I remember that night. He woke both of us up out of a dead sleep and said, babe, Ryan was just here. And I'm like, what? What? And when he told me that, no joke. Like our friend Ryan, he was always into like Carhartt and Nike. But the Mm -hmm. one thing I always remembered about Ryan was his love for cologne. He was always a good smelling 
kid, a good smelling man. Like that was this, you could always smell. And when Ryan told me that I was like, oh, okay. You know, I'm half asleep. I didn't feel anything myself. So I'm like turning back over in bed, getting tucked in or whatever. And I can feel him in the bed and he's breathing hard, you know, like whatever he's just, something just happened in him internally. Like, and I can feel that because I'm his wife. But with me, I'm trying to go back to bed and all I smelled was like Ryan. Not my Ryan, but Ryan. And I'm just like laying there like, oh my God. You know, and I'm moving my head around to see if it's like going away or if it's like coming from my pillow or if it, I don't even know. I think I might've been sleeping in one of your hoodies. Cause I remember like sniffing my sleeve thinking wow. it was something and it only lasted for a little bit. And then even the both of us, I know we weren't talking about anything, but we both were laying there awake, like trying to sort out what, what had just happened on. to the both of us. Like well, he knew, felt well, him. I, I smelled him. We had just talked about that in the last episode of yeah. this, where I had told you about my, my mom's best friend when yeah. she passed away. Shortly after she passed away, we started smelling her perfume in our house. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. And, um, yeah, I, I've, I'm not a bullshit type person. I'm not going to make up a mm-hmm. story. Cause I mean, I, I hundred percent like, when I felt it, it was like, basically it's like me not looking at you, not speaking to you at all. And then me being somewhere and then boom, I just know you're right behind me, you're right there. And it's you, I know it's you, it's not something, it's right. not like it's something behind me, it's you behind me. Right, right. Exactly what I felt, exactly what I felt. It was, it was so weird. Yeah. Because now, speaking, speaking of not being a bullshitter, and this is something that happened to me that both of my parents, it happened in their home. I was home alone when it happened. Both of my parents, well, my dad, God rest him, but my mom still to this day does not believe what happened happened like i mean i got grounded i she like threatened me with spankings like i literally had to like stop talking about it because it was it made my mom very angry and i was just like okay well you know it happened let's pray it doesn't happen again but it was a it was a bad day to begin with because this happened on 9 11. Exactly. And I never in my wildest dreams, like that was a bad day. And we were like in seventh and eighth grade, some somewhere around there that I mean, pretty young. And I remember that happening and Ryan and I were legit cool enough in, in school with our teachers and the librarians, the principals, stuff like that. When that happened, school officials pulled both of us out of our different classrooms to let us go into the library to watch on the TVs what was happening to our country in eighth grade. Okay. And we, we stayed in the library, you know, and everyone kind of festered on that for the day. It was talked about or whatever. I went home, got off the bus, went inside, turned on the TV. It was all over the news. I had, you know, I was a teenage girl. I had the phone on, on, on my ear, glued, talking to whoever would answer. If someone had to go, I wanted to call someone else. I was home by myself. It was daylight. It, you know, I mean, it was nice September day and I was just in my parents' house. Well, I'm sitting on the couch upstairs and I'm watching the TV, talking on the phone, you know, whatever. And I'm on the phone with my friend and there all of a sudden I hear something rolling down the hallway. 
because like the hallway would be behind me to my right. And that's where all of our bedrooms were and the bathroom. And I'm sitting there on the couch, talking on the phone, watching the mess on TV. And I hear something rolling and I'm like, what is that? So I don't even think about it. And I heard it and then it, I didn't hear it anymore. And I'm like, okay, so I go back to jabbering. And then I hear it rolling again, only this time it's rolling harder and faster. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm sitting on the couch with the phone to my ear and I'm looking to my right, expecting something to roll out of the hall. Well, something in fact did roll out of the hall. It was this red rubber dollar store, you know, two or three dollar, you know, rubber red ball which mind you, I had spent weeks looking for because one day it just poof was gone. Yeah, Mom, yeah. where's the red ball? I, I, I. Okay, well, we're not gonna ask you again. Dad, have you seen the red ball? My sister, what red ball? You know, like yeah. no, and nobody cared. And I don't even know why I really cared, but I just knew that like it didn't get popped. The dogs didn't eat it. Right. It's not in the yard. Like it's not, it, it's poof, yeah. it's gone. I'm like, okay, whatever. Literally, it was gone long enough that I had completely forgotten about it except for that day. And it rolled out of the hallway. All of the doors were always shut. Me, my mom, my dad, my and my sister. When we left out in the mornings, we always shut our bedroom doors behind us. Don't know why. Right. It was just a family thing. On my bathroom, the bathroom right there was not very, very big at all. I mean, no way for that ball to be hanging out in the bathroom and me not know. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that ball comes and it rolls from the hallway. And then you come around the hallway and then it opens up into the living room. Like the living room opens up to your left, but you can go straight down the stairs. Like connected to the wall is the stairs into the basement. Right. And they're open. It's just a staircase with railings there. And that ball came through and it stopped. I mean, it came through around that corner with me sitting on the couch, full-fledged roll, like someone kicked it. And then it just stops not on a board or anything. Right. There was nothing there. Like it just gets to the very top step and it stops. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. All right. Still on the phone, still jabbering, staring at the ball, not maybe six or seven feet away from me. And I'm like, hey, you know, funny thing, like this red ball that I was looking for for a long time, like it really did just straight up roll out of the hallway all by itself. And it just parked itself. You know, I'm talking to my friend and I'm explaining, I'm pretty sure it was Kelsey, yeah. my friend Kelsey. And I was explaining to her what was going on. And she goes, oh, well, I don't know. Well, now you got your ball back. You know, she's one yeah. of them. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And she's like, well, I got to go. I got to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you later. I hang up the phone and I'm just staring at the ball. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. All of a sudden, the ball takes off. And it doesn't like take off like something kicked it down the stairs, which are carpeted, mind mm -hmm. you. It came off the ground, the carpet, the first steps here, okay? It comes up off of that and bounces. And no ball, I don't care how talented you are, is on its own going to hit every single step oh. on the way down and bounce three plus feet higher every time. It was legit like a high school basketball player, you know, handling yeah. the ball and bounce, 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 bounce all the way down the steps. Well, you get to the bottom of the steps and it's just my parents' basement is just open on both sides. Like when you're ascending down yeah. into the basement, it's just open on both sides. You get down to the bottom, there's like a square carpeted area. You step off onto either side, whichever side of the basement you want to go on. 
Well, when you get down to the bottom, on the left side was a bed. It was like an extra sleeping area down there. It was covered in my mom's Christmas ornaments. Everything, because she was cleaning out the cabinets. It was September. She was cleaning everything out down there, covered the bed in Christmas ornaments. So I, the ball bounces and I see it until, you know, it's going further down and I don't see it anymore, but I still hear it. Right. And I hear it bouncing and it gets to the bottom step and stops. Not like a bounce, 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 bounce. Yeah. yeah. It just straight up bounce, 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 no bounce. And I'm like, okay, okay. You know, and at this point in my life, I had never experienced anything outside of what I did with my grandma as a little girl. And that never made me uncomfortable in the slightest. This made me very uncomfortable. (laughs) And then they get, well, and the ball gets down to the bottom of the steps. And I'm like, that's fine. It could stay down there. And I'm not going down there for laundry, for nothing. I'm not going down there for nothing. Like I'm, I'm not going down there. And that's how I felt. And that was my home, you know? I mean, I was always kind of scared of the basement, but not for any reason, just right. because I didn't like basements. And this one was an old concrete wall, concrete floor, no yeah. no yeah. ceiling type basement. It was yeah, creepy. just an unfinished basement. Right. And it gets to the bottom of the steps and I'm sitting there and I'm on the phone again, trying to call someone to talk to me. Like, just, just talk yeah. to me for a minute yeah. right now, please. And then I'm sitting there, nobody's answering the phone. I'm standing by the sliding glass door. Like I had gotten away Mm -hmm. off the couch, away from the staircase. And I'm standing by the sliding glass door, looking out into the sunshine. And then I hear what sounded like garble. Like it really did. I couldn't tell you then or today what was said. Couldn't understand it. But it was a man and it was an angry man. And it was garble. Like it wasn't loud, it wasn't a scream, but it it was enough of what it was for me to know at that age of 13, 14 years old, that whatever was said was not nice. It it was very angry, it was forceful, it it was that. I heard whatever that garble was of just just that. And then that ball takes off with full force and all I hear is breaking glass and the ball bouncing from floor to ceiling boards and just running that ball was just running amok and I was so scared I took the phone it was just a home phone didn't have Mm -hmm. a cell phone then I took the home phone and I ran out into the yard my parents didn't get home until probably like 5 30 6 o'clock I stayed out in that yard until my mom and dad got home and as soon as one of them pulled up in the driveway I was like oh my gosh please somebody go downstairs like this is what happened dad I'm not kidding I'm crying I was scared to death thank god you're here now go see what happened And still to this day, my mom and dad then and my mom still today believes that I was in the basement screwing around and broke all of her junk. And I never went down there. To this day, I promise on everything I I own, everything I love, I never went down in that basement. And when my dad went down there and saw all that stuff broken, that rubber flimsy red ball was right smack in the middle of every single one of those shards of glass, broken ceramics, light ornaments, like just everything, everything. Just right in the middle of it on that bed, everything was busted. Not one thing came out unscathed and that ball was not popped. And my mom, I mean, she wanted to beat me half to death. 
because that was everything family heirlooms christmas everything right, right. everything all of our stuff when we were little kids like all of it every bit of it shattered there was stuff down there that like was homemade glue rock that we stuck a little pendant in when we were kids and yeah. brought it home for our first christmas or something like that it was shattered like cracked completely in two my mom was furious i'm scared to death like I did not Get want to be in that house that. anymore. I was absolutely scared to death. <laughs> I wanted no part of it. And I said, dad, you can believe whatever you want. I said, and I don't care about the ball. I don't care about the ornaments. I said, but what about that noise I heard? What about that voice I heard that came from our basement? That was not nice. What about that? And then after that night, it wasn't every day and I couldn't pinpoint a time on it. But after that night, I would be sitting in my, laying in my room which just so happened to be directly above where all that stuff happened, right. where the ball busted everything. And I would hear like coming out of my vent, I would hear a little girl. I would hear a little girl like running around, like frolicking, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. I could never understand it, but I wasn't an idiot. Like you could right. tell it was a little girl. And then every now and again, I could catch like a voice of like a, a woman like a comforting, like a very calm type. I'm, it's hard to explain, but it, it didn't scare me when I heard the little girl and I heard like, you know, little giggles or I heard like humming from the woman or something along those lines. And then the, and I would be fine. And then there would be times when I'd wake up at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning and I would be in my bed out of a dead sleep, scared to death. I mean, just scared to death for no reason nothing happened no noise no nothing just wake up scared to death and i would hear every night that i would wake up like that i would hear that same garble from that that noise that man voice whatever it was i would hear that and i never heard them together like i would hear the woman and the girl close to the same time but i would never hear them and the man it was like when the man was there, like I would lay, I would wake up like that at three o'clock, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. I would lay in bed at, you know, 14, 15 years old, scared to death. And as soon as my mom and dad's alarm would go off at six 30, whatever in the morning, I would be the one bolting up out of bed, turning all the lights on in the house, starting the coffee pot, going <laughs> into my bed, my yeah. parents' bedroom. Like I, I would do that because I had been laying there for three plus hours, scared to death, like in fear for my life feeling like from here in that garble that is creepy and i've never i've never even to this day i do not feel comfortable in my parents basement i don't like being down there alone if i am ever down there alone as soon as i have to shut that light off and i get yelled at still today because i won't shut the light off i'll come yeah. upstairs with the light on but if i ever shut that light off i have to be on that top base and i have to shut the light off and i mean Run. book it like nobody's yeah. business i mean not miss steps on not on purpose to get back up that basement. I'm gonna say we've been pretty comfortable down there a few times. That's because I've been there by myself. I'm okay if I'm not down there by myself. I have no like I feel like I'm protected no matter who's down there with me. But if I'm down there by myself, like I want no part of the left side of that basement. Like I can be on the right side in the living room area. I can be on the right side further back where the big laundry room's at. Like I'm okay with that. But the left side of the basement. I am not okay with. I just something on that side, and it may just be me. I 
I don't know. But even like my mom still lives there. My She watches my children there. I mean, the upstairs is fine. The outside is fine. Everything's fine. My kids go in the basement. Not much because there's not much down there, but they're fine. Mom's never felt anything, but I know what I experienced. I know what I heard. I know what happened and I don't care. If anybody does or does not believe me, I know that I didn't break a single mother truck and ornament. And I know that I wasn't whoa, whoa, down there whoa, yelling whoa. at myself. We don't use mother, and I was just, we don't use mother trucking on this podcast. I don't, I don't know. You better speak in correct vernacular. I tell you, here's a, here's a little interesting thing you were talking about 9-11. Um, 9-11, by far, the biggest tragedy on soil, yeah, soil. you know on u.s soil um but this all metalheads will know okay i absolutely love the band slayer they're my favorite band one of their albums came out that day mm-hmm. that morning it was released interesting thing about that the title of the album god hates us all <gasps> came out the morning of 9-11 oh wow yeah Leave it to Slayer. That old Slayer had nothing to do with it. It's just really odd that that no, yeah, album would release that morning that that happened. No, I don't. I don't at all believe that. You know, the occurrences of that day, as far as our country is concerned, had anything to do no, with what either. happened to me at home. I think they are worlds apart. I, I, they have nothing in common with each other. I and and I don't know exactly why it was that specific day. I mean, really, it was a random occasion mm-hmm. where I went home without my sister. Right. And I went home and I was on the phone. And the t- <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I wasn't that kid. I never got home and got straight on the phone. I never got home and turned the TV on. Like, I went outside. I was doing stuff. Like, I wasn't one of those electronic head kids. And this was back in what? Oh, my God. We I'm going to say so probably 2001. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, back then it wasn't. Wow, Ryan, way to be a dad. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's the story of my life. I try. Yeah. I just, I don't know why it was that day, but I mean, I'm not kidding. I looked everywhere on our property for that red ball. How is it going to just roll up? Out of a hallway. All I hear is complaining about you looking clothes. for this red ball. And then when you find it, it's I a wanted no deal. part of it. It could have gone back where it came from. I wanted absolutely no part of it. That red ball had picked up something along the way and we were no longer buddies. So actually, this is a good story because you've been looking and looking and looking. I, no, found it. You found Care, I guess moral of that happy story ending. is be careful moral what you ask for. It's a happy ending. Happy Lord. ending. You found yeah. the ball. Happy ending. Well. It was like doomed. You want happy Everyone ending? was mad that I couldn't find the ball. <laughs> and then after the ball was found, I almost, I got threatened for a few days in a row by my mother. Oh, man. Okay. It was not yeah. good. That is not good. Well. But speaking of ending, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of this. Yeah. We've talked about all kinds of stuff tonight. I'm sure we're going to be probably getting into, I'm, to be honest with you, we'll probably have multiple, multiple podcasts oh, about yeah. paranormal it's just that's what's going to happen because we love it and there's bound to be more things that happen more people that might want to talk so I mean but for now 
you know, I think and tell us and tell us your stories. Yeah, like yeah. we would like yeah, as much just, as we like to hear our stuff. Why don't you call us and tell it? Call, call us or talking, talking get to, on the post. Tell us your show? stories. I like to hear you taking over our stuff. show. I like freaky she stuff. Could. She could. I'm not scared of the freaking normal. You're taking my freaking normal. Taking my, my stuff. Well, you can have it back. <laughs> From now on, you can't talk no more. <laughs> No, we want to thank Krista for coming in and telling us her stories. Yeah, it was fun. Great job. It was. It was really fun to have somebody else here other yeah. than Ryan's ugly mug for me to stand. Yes. Yes. But it'll be all right. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, hit us up on Facebook, guys. The Rural Chronicles Podcast. Um, kind of start a conversation, whatever. You know, whatever you want to do on there. And then hit us up on our email. Which is uh, the Horror Chronicles podcast at gmail.com. Give us some of your stories. If you want us to talk, tell them we will. As always, you know, we'll, if you want, we'll do that. And if you're near, near us, we can probably get you on here. Or hell, you could just call Ryan at 555. Uh, yeah. No, never mind. 1 800 go yourself. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, all right, guys, we got to end this. It's getting slapped happy in here. Uh, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, until next time, keep it creepy.